In the name of the Incarnate One, Amen. Once upon a time, a faithful Jewish woman named Elizabeth asked her husband to pray on her behalf if ever he was chosen to go into the inner sanctuary of the temple. You see, this woman, she knew her scripture and she knew her heritage. She knew that her foremother, Sarai, Sarah, had yearned in her old age, just as Elizabeth did, for a child. And the angels of the Lord had interceded for her. She knew that the mother of Samson had been barren as she was, and that her prayers were heard, and the angels had arrived and given her a child. Elizabeth also knew women who, like herself, had been unable to have children, no matter how they had prayed. Elizabeth yearned with the deepest yearning known to humankind, the yearning to bring about new life. She yearned with the hearts of all the women who shared this yearning with her. She yearned enough to send a message to the inner sanctuary and to hope for angels and miracles. These things had come before to women of great age and great yearning. One day, her husband was chosen by lot to enter the holiest of holy places, and he did pray. But like a spouse sent on an errand, he may not have brought forth the prayer with quite the same sense of expectation that his wife had had when she sent him. And so he was caught off guard when an actual angel appeared before him at the altar, and he was seized by terror and doubt. Well, who wouldn't be? Now, first, the angel was gracious. Be not afraid. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son. You will have much joy and gladness. Zechariah faltered. He was, of course, in shock, and he asked the offensive question, How will I know that this is so? I mean, I am old, and my wife, she is getting on in years. And that did it. The angel went from gracious to touchy (laughs) and silenced Zechariah, rendering him mute until the miracle had fully unfolded. When Zechariah returned home to Elizabeth that night, they both knew that God was on the move, that something was happening and that somehow they were a part of it, but they did not speak of it. Fear and confusion and what if and if only and what now were on their hearts, but they did not speak. Zechariah, after all, could not. Not so many days later. Elizabeth woke up feeling a bit off. Perhaps she reached for the Judean hill country version of saltines, excused herself from breakfast, realized she was off schedule with the moon, noticed a new soft density somewhere in her core. At some point, she knew. With stomach lurching, heart expanding, arms goose bumping, with slight shiver, she knew God was on the move in her. Now, 
Elizabeth was old, and she was wise, and she knew this was not just about her. She was not the first. When Sarah laughed at the thought of a baby, when Samson's mother made promises to angels, they knew their future miraculous children were about more than their own yearning. They knew they were vessels for a new thing that God was up to. God was intervening for the greater good, and they were a part of that. So Elizabeth, knowing all of this, watched to see what God was doing. She watched, and she watched, and what she saw was this. Out her door, she looked down the hill, and she watched another woman coming her way. The baby in her own womb, now large enough to make himself known, did a new thing. It wasn't an elbow jab or a full body roll. It wasn't even a case of the hiccups. It was, yes, she was sure of it. It was a leap. The baby was leaping. This impossible baby in her old womb was embodying the inexplicable joy that was at this moment bubbling up in her own heart. And as the woman came into view, she saw with a deep knowing who it was. Her young cousin, Mary, the sweet daughter of Anne, looking more like a woman than Elizabeth thought she should. Mary approached and Elizabeth saw the anticipation and concern on her face. She saw that Mary had something she needed to share. She saw on Mary's face something akin to what was in her own heart. And she knew they were both vessels. It made no sense. Mary was young and unmarried. And God had a history of moving through the old wise women, not the young and unprepared. And yet there it was. An undeniable glow. A blessedness. Together they entered the house and turned to greet one another. Deep eyes looking into deep eyes. One impossible vessel of God's new idea looking into another. What was truly said in that moment we cannot know. But the hearts of the ages, imagining this sacred moment in time, have given Elizabeth and Mary words. Poetry, song, something to hold a candle to the fire of that moment when two women showed the rest of us how to be faithful, how to be brave, and how to see God on the move in the most unlikely of places. An example to us all, Mary stood there with an elder new mother, while cell by cell, day by day, pulse by pulse, the new thing that God was up to was pulsing and growing inside of them. And they were there to confirm and celebrate that with each other. I would claim that this moment was actually the earliest of the early church gatherings. And then Mary sang. We sang her song together a moment ago as the psalm today, in place of the psalm today. And this is where the true revelation is. In her song, she magnified and glorified God, and then she prophesied. A brave and subversive prophecy 
the hope of all the ages. In a moment of full knowing, the song of Mary names what is still our greatest hope, that God will take the powerful from their thrones, lift up the lowly, fill the hungry. That is the kingdom that we await, the leveling of wealth and power discrepancy, the end of hunger and suffering, the beginning of universal love, honor, dignity, and care. And the answer to that deepest human yearning was nestled in the womb of a young girl who had just hurried from Nazareth and an angel to the hill country and her cousin Elizabeth so that she might share the unfolding of the kingdom with a kindred spirit. And so the story continues here. Because once upon a time, there was us, a motley crew of faithful Christians gathered here on the fourth Sunday of Advent to pray on behalf of the rest of the world, waiting for a deep knowing, waiting for the kingdom, wondering what role we might play and being invited into that song. We listen as Elizabeth sees us and affirms us. Blessed are you among people, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. We raise our voices with Mary as we both anticipate and celebrate Christ all at the same time. The child will be born. The kingdom will come. None of this is ever going to be convenient. But God is on the move. And somehow we are part of that. For this moment, here we stand, on the threshold, watching and waiting, taking a deep breath, and asking the inner sanctuary of our hearts to be ready. <laughs>